I hope you guys realize what we're trying to do this month with Wisdom of the Ages. When I talk to you guys, I sometimes mention, look, none of you guys are going to be able to remember most of what I say. And so this month, I think it's not so much in what's said and the points that are made, though if you guys look back to the last two weeks, it's been invaluable wisdom coming from the stage. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to put godly men and women up on this stage and in front of you that are living great lives into their 60s and 70s and 80s. And so I've told, I've told some of you guys after the last two weeks, I've said, boy, when I'm 60 and 70 and 80, I would love it if the mill called me up and said, Evan, would you just come and speak at Sunday school? Because that would give me, that would give me an assurance of I am still going strong. I am still running the race and I am still living after God with all my heart, soul, and mind. And so today we have a special guest, once again, the third week of Wisdom of the Ages. We have Miss Mary Napier, and she is on the selection committee for New Life Church. She has been a member of New Life Church for a long time, and her husband is one of the trustees. So she is an integral, her and her husband are an integral part of New Life Church and what we do here. But she is also a woman of God who has lived longer than we have. She... She is a beautiful woman, inside and out. And I want you guys to put your hands together and honor this woman as she comes to share her life and testimony with us. Good morning. Am I on? Oh, all right. Well, that's really scary. A woman of God. Yes, yes. I am. It's wonderful to be here. Um, I'll probably say it more than once, but you all hold such promise uh, for uh, this place, this time, um, this country, this world. And we're just so impressed by you. I'm going to believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that y'all are double dipping. Y'all go to the mill on Friday night. Good, good. And you're all going to leave here and go to the main sanctuary for the big service. Yep. Awesome. That's the way we live. And my understanding is that the mill's running around 1,200, maybe more now. I'm hearing you're sitting on the floor around the edges and that... You're around 100 to 120 on uh, Sunday morning. That looks like a tithe to me. You are the first fruits. I think it's awesome. The problem for me is that I'm probably going to preach to the choir. And, um, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that each one of you will get one, uh, perhaps one small thing uh, from each, each uh, older person. Um, that comes to speak to you this month, and you've already had half of them, half of us. And so, but if you don't, if you already know it, great. Take it to the rest of them. Take it to the rest of the over a thousand that aren't here this morning, that aren't double dipping, that... um, that maybe, um, and it's not to say that all the rest of them are coming to the mill strictly for social reasons. Though that's good. That's good because you want a fellowship with the saints, and that's wonderful. And so, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Do you love your Bible? Yeah. I love my Bible. And I brought my girly Bible this morning, my pink one. And she's kind of chewed up because I've used her a lot. Her is referring to wisdom. Right. Who said that? Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. And so uh, Mr. Napier and I are, are really blessed as our most American uh, believers that we have many, many uh, of the translations. Sometimes I like to say I have every translation known to man. Of course, that's not entirely true. Uh, a lot, and, and we love them, and we read them, and we study them, 
and I, we, we have here at New Life Church traditionally used the NIV. Uh, I really love the NIV. Um, I think that um, it's a really good translation, and so that's what I'm using this morning. And I read it through every year. I've been born again for about 25 years. Um, I am so thrilled to see young people that uh, love God, that know him, um, because I didn't at your age. And, uh, and that's, that's a regret. And I'm hoping that what uh, I might be able to share with you today is going to be able to help you to live your lives with no regret. Regret's not fun. And you really can choose uh, to live your life God's way. His way is not only good and right, it is also fun. It's a whole lot more fun than death and curses. And so um, when Pastor Joe, I think he's in California right now working on his PhD, yay Joe, that's, that's awesome. Uh, when he called me and said what you were about this month, that you were about um, growing the church young, utilizing uh, the wisdom of the aged. And of course, he was so precious and said ages. Well, okay. But we're aged. <laughs> and I can definitely do the old lady thing because I am there. As a matter of fact, today is my birthday. Thank you, Lord. Um, just one little heads up, and I, I, I hope you'll hear my heart in this. Um, I take a risk in seeming presumptuous, but to you I am Miss Mary. Okay? Okay. That's one of the, um, it's one of the rewards of being old. Yeah. It's just that little extra bit of respect or honor, perhaps. And I think it's good for all of us. Uh, you all probably know who Miss Thelma Miller is. She is the Titus woman uh, at New Life Church. I wouldn't think of calling her Thelma. I call her Miss Thelma. She's an amazing uh, woman of God, and so we're all blessed to know her. Pastor Joe called me, and my first thought was, God, don't I have enough on my plate? And so I said uh, to Pastor Joe, um, is it okay if I think about this, pray about it, get back to you? He said, sure. Went on with my day. And the next morning, as I was reading the word, which I am want to do ongoingly, I happened to be in the Proverbs, chapter 3. Verses 27 and 28. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it. Do you deserve good? God has a good plan for you. When it is in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, come back later, and I'll give it to you tomorrow. Today. This is the day. The Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. And I am glad to be here. I am glad uh, to be able to serve you in, in any possible way. And so, um, praise God, we have his word, and he will tell us what we need to do through his word. So, let's go to Proverbs 4, uh, 11 through 13. We know that the Proverbs uh, was written for the sons and the Song of Solomon for the daughters, but can we, as under the new covenant and as believers of a God who is no respecter of persons, can we each and all use every single scripture 
for learning, for edification, for application in our life. I think so. So girls, this is for us too. And verse 11 says, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not when you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Is this your life? Yes. And it is my life as well. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you this morning with extremely grateful hearts how awesome it is to be your children, to be loved by you, to be taught by you. You care so much for us, Lord. Thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for each and every young man and woman uh, that's in this room. Uh, clearly, you have um, a very special uh, plan for them in this time, this really incredible time that we're living here. Uh, at New Life Church and in this country, Lord, and in the world. And so I thank you for each one. And Lord, I pray that you will allow me to be a blessing to them. I choose to be a blessing, Lord. And I decree that the words I speak will bless them, will teach them, will instruct them, and will love them. And Lord, should there be any word that comes out of my mouth that is not of you, Father, I pray you cause it to fall to the ground, unheeded, unheard. And we praise you and we honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So we know why I'm here. Because you asked us. You asked the aged uh, to come. And um, as I just told you, today is my birthday. I was born February 18th, 1942. That makes me 65. I have just qualified for Medicare. <laughs> And for any of you that are uh, knowledgeable at this point in your life about dealing with medical insurance and all that kind of thing, this is a blessing. This is a blessing. And so I'm grateful to be an American. So I'm going to walk through um, a little bit of my life. Um, I mean, clearly to sandwich 65 years into 45 minutes to an hour is not real doable. And so we're just going to believe that the Spirit of the Lord has given me, given me a few things uh, to talk with you about and to hopefully teach you some things not to do as well as to do. I've already told you that the first 40 years of my life I spent as an unbeliever. Traditionally churched in the Methodist church, in a little farming community in Iowa. Spent 20 years in Iowa, 30 years in California, and back here halfway in between for 15 years. And don't we love Colorado? Cold and all. I hope the biggest part of the cold is over. We had a water line freeze and break in our house, our whole basement, which was finished last year. We moved into our little retirement house two years ago, and that has been destroyed, and so we're going to do it over again. But God, but God, it's just a little distraction. It's just stuff. And so, as um, Pastor Evan told you, uh, you elected me to be on the pastoral selection committee. How many of you in this room are members of this church? How many of you voted? Awesome. Hopefully, as you continue on in life, every single one of you will become a member of a church, a good believing, life-giving church. In this church, what membership is talking about is you give. And when you have a giving statement from the year before, that makes you a member and it qualifies you to vote. And I pray you are voting in your church, in your government. The Christians need to rise up and vote. I developed served uh, in Freedom Ministry in this church for about seven years, still doing that. Um, I serve women typically. My husband and I have served some of the men, but typically I'm serving in that ministry. And it would normally be just 
you and I, or maybe just a couple of you and I, and we'd be up in a classroom or actually one of the family rooms upstairs, if you're familiar with our new section, and we would have uh, the Word with us, and we would have teaching materials around us and journals, the things that you've learned and written down, and we would be going for it for about three hours a session. And so um, it's been a blessing to me to be able to help some of our women get right with God. That really is the call in my life, to help people get very right with God. Because if they can be very right with God, they can be very right with you and with me. And that is discipleship, deliverance, and life coaching that I do specifically within that particular ministry. I have an intensely practical theology. I am not formally trained as a theologian. And I'm an Iowa farm girl. I have six brothers and sisters. We were taught to work really hard. And honestly, our, the motto in my family was you work until you drop and you get up and you work some more. And I think that um, for those of you who have not acquired a discipline of, of, um, of hard work, we're not talking about works, but we are talking about kingdom work. A lot uh, needs to be done. There are a lot of people dying and going to hell. And so we have work to do. So develop a good discipline of hard work. You won't be sorry. I know that you have good sound, uh, theological, hermeneutical, exegetical, doctrinal teaching uh, in this church and in this class. This better, and uh, and so, um, and so I feel comfortable with that. And I'm just a real practical gal. And I believe that uh, scripture has application for us to use in our lives. And so you're going to hear a lot of practical stuff out of me today. My husband, as you were told, is John Napier. He's one of the old guys around here. He is one of your trustees. He's 80 years old. We celebrated his 80th birthday in uh, December. We gave him a great big party and had a dance band. And and, uh, we had a grand time when we celebrated his life. And I oftentimes, you'll hear me refer to him as Mr. Napier. And some people think that's a little odd, but, you know, it's kind of who I am. And it, and it is a showing uh, of respect. And I'm a little bit Irish. And, and so um, I call him Mr. Napier now and then. I believe that there are some things. Um, that this just went off. No? Okay. I believe there are some things that uh, would be good for you to learn about yourself. First, who are you? Can anyone tell me who they are? What does God say about you as versus what would the world say about you? I lived for 40 years and then some into my uh, new Christianity believing lies uh, about myself and, uh, and also about others. Do you know your identity in Christ? Do you know what the word says about you? One of the things it says is, you are not the great I am. But by the grace of God, you are what you are. You are Christ's friend. You are a child of God. You are chosen of God. You are holy. You are dearly loved. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, princes and princesses. Is that cool? I'll be a princess. And you are a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You are God's own. And, of course, we could go on and on and on. You are the salt and the light of the earth. You're it. You are the people that are going to take life and light, the light of Christ, to the world, to your next-door neighbor, uh, to your family of origin. If they don't know Christ, I have some in the kingdom and, and some still out of the kingdom, but you're it. The responsibility always falls to the next generations. And while my generation is still responsible, we're going to be moving out of this. Uh, before too very long, I say, come on, Jesus. 
Maranatha, I am ready to go and be with the Lord. And so you understand that it's very important that you, as you read through scripture and uh, you begin to ferret out the things that God says about you and you believe them, wash yourself in the word, speak those things out loud over yourself every day, get in front of the mirror and say, you are. And believe it because it is absolutely the truth. Do you believe the word of God is true? Do you believe it's inerrant? Do you believe it's irrevocable? Inspired by God? Then we've got something to talk about, don't we? Because you're absolutely right. It is true. Therefore, we can believe it. We don't have to decide whether it's true according to whether or not we believe it. It is true, therefore, we can believe it. I think that it's good for you to know, as I have learned about me, something about your personality traits. Uh, you probably already guessed some of mine. Um, in this church, I don't know how many of you are small group leaders in here. If you have been through the small group training, Pastor Evan is, of course, um, you would have taken the DISC test, D-I-S-C, and maybe some of you have taken personality tests in other places. I don't know. But at any rate, um, they seem to have defined the different uh, personality traits in four categories. Uh, the D has to do with uh, people uh, who are drivers, who are leaders. Uh, the, the I has to do with people who are creative and big ideas. And, of course, we know our dear John Bowen. Very, very high I. We have a lot of uh, I in our team uh, here, in our pastoral team, and that's great. Um, the S uh, has to do with those who are perhaps more mercy-gifted, who um, are helpers and, and really see and, and understand the, the suffering and the need that others have and really uh, have a desire to help in those areas. Uh, the last area, C, those are your administrators. Those are the people who like to get things lined up, who are organiza or organizational kinds of people. And, of course, we have uh, Pastor Lance Coles, who administrates this whole church. And you have your dear Pastor Evan, who administrates the mill. And, boy, are each of those personality traits are very, very necessary. When you can find out yours, and, of course, typically we have a blend. Uh, we know that Jesus uh, was perfect. He had a perfect balance of all the personality traits. And we know that each of those personality traits in us has a downside and an upside. And so we all need to choose to begin to operate in the high side of what we've been given and to develop those areas in ourselves that are possibly lower. Uh, when I first uh, came to the Lord and began to learn about myself, uh, my mercy gifting was quite low. That's a little embarrassing for me to admit because um, we serve a God of mercy. And so, but I've brought that up um, through the, the help of the Holy Spirit, through some intentionality. And we do need to be intentional about how we develop ourselves as Christ would have us. And so we understand that. Um, Dr. Tim LaHaye, I don't know if any of you are familiar with him, he co-authored the Left Behind series with Jerry Jenkins, and most of us know a little bit about that. I think he was one of the first guys, he's a psychologist, Christian, of course, and one of the first guys to begin to develop the different personality traits. He had different names uh, for them. And then... If you probably know Gary Smalley, uh, you're, you're young. He's past your generation, more in mine. He is a Christian psychologist, very well-known, a very funny man. He has taught in this church before. Evan's nodding. He knows him. If you don't, get some of Gary Smalley's work, uh, whether it be audio kind of teaching or, or read his work. He's really funny. He equated the personality traits to animals. And, of course, the strong leader was the lion, and the, um, the otter was the real creative uh, high-eye guy, and the golden retriever 
was uh, the Mercy Guy, and uh, Lion Golden Retriever is my husband, and he is a strong leader. He has a clear uh, mercy gifting, though he hates to admit it, and uh, and that retriever gives the, also the idea of being real protective. And my husband is very sweet and very kind, unless you mess with his wife. And then you will see him turn into a junkyard dog. And so we understand there's the high road and there's the low road to our different traits. And then the last one, which again is me, is the beaver. Very busy, always doing the work. And so I'm a lion beaver in, in the highest part of my mix. Got some creativity in there. Thank you, Jesus. And he has raised my retriever. And so I thank you for that. So get to, get to know yourself. That's just really important. Your spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, they are given by the Spirit. Just uh, going to paraphrase them. They are wisdom. They are knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, different tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Very, very important that you figure out what your gifts are. Go to the elders, have them lay hands on you, talk with your pastors, study, uh, pray, uh, discern uh, through the Holy Spirit what your gifts are and learn to develop them and move in the high side of them. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, just before that, it talks about um, the idea there is what is your job, your service, your kind of work in the church. There are different gifts, different ministries, all given by the same spirit for your work in the church. My service in the past 25 years, uh, as I shared with you before, I've been walking with the Lord for 25 years. Um, when I met him, um, I, of course, was raised to serve. Uh, uh, servanthood is huge in my family of origin. And, uh, and I began to serve in that church uh, through ushering, through taking care and teaching two-year-olds, which is really a little bit more caring, uh, taking care, diapers and all of that, and, uh, and yet also teaching them uh, how much Jesus loves them. Uh, began to, um, I've always worked in hospitality, housing people, feeding people. As a farm girl, that has come, my early training has come in very handy in doing kingdom work. There was a point in time, I was in short-term missions for about seven years, was in Macedonia with a, a medical and teaching team, and I, was, I went primarily as their intercessor, and we were going, moving those medical and teaching teams into the um, camps at, in Kosovo, the, um, not concentration, that's it. And so, um, but when we got on the ground, and, and life uh, is always difficult uh, in the mission field, and uh, particularly in, in uh, third world, second world countries, and they needed a cook. They rented a house, uh, and they needed a cook and a house mother as well as an intercessor. And so every day for two weeks, I cooked for 23 people, two meals a day, and helped us to figure out how to work our arrangements in that house. And so whatever you can learn, whatever you have, the Lord's going to use somewhere, somehow, in your life as you walk through it. I've worked in deliverance and, of course, intercessory prayer, developing ministry, whatever my hands find to do. And I just really want to encourage you. doesn't necessarily have to be a really big defined plan. Whatever your hands find to do that's good, that is of God, do it. You go into the the bathrooms here in the church, you're walking uh, through the atrium down the hallways, there's something there to do, something that needs cleaning, fixing, sorting out, whatever your hands find to do, do it. You'll never be sorry that you have learned to become a servant. And then, of course, Ephesians 4.11 talks about the fivefold ministry given by God to prepare the people for ministry and for edifying the body. Daniel. Awesome. I know this boy. I, I, I now know two people in this room. That's awesome. Um, 
So figure out um, if there's a five-fold ministry gift for you. Uh, we have them all in this church. Uh, Pastor Ted was an apostle. We have an apostle in the church this morning, actually two of them, Larry and Roy Stockstill from Bethany World Prayer Center, who are uh, our overseers. Um, it's an amazing thing that Pastor Roy came. He's 88 years old, and so um, he has retired from ministry. His son, Pastor Larry, uh, being the senior pastor of Bethany World Prayer Center, Pastor Larry's son is also uh, teaching and leading there. But obviously, Pastor Roy who knew our pastor from the time he was a boy, feels very, very strongly about this work that God has done here and is going to do and continue to do here. And so he has flown up here uh, to be with us. And he's going to be with your trustees this afternoon. Pastor uh, Larry will be with your oversight committee after services. And so we're really packed out in this place this morning. And, and I'm very grateful for that. It means that the people want to hear from the Lord. And that's what we all ought to be wanting, and clearly we are. Do make a study of your gifts. Learn how to operate in them. It is so incredible that you know the Lord already at this juncture of your lives. I'm believing you're all somewhere between the 20 and 30 year. Is that kind of where you are? Great. There is just so much potential here and so much promise, and you won't be sorry if you study your gifts and learn how to operate in them. Tommy Femright and Ralph Femright are elders here in the church. Ralph's a retired colonel, flies for FedEx. Miss Tommy uh, is an ordained pastor and a commissioned apostle recognized internationally. We are just incredibly blessed to have them here in our work. They're both gone a lot. They're here right now. Next Saturday, the 24th, Saturday coming, Tommy's going to be doing a prophetic seminar at the World Prayer Center. It may or may not have been in the um, handout. Do we call them bulletins? I don't know. Our bulletin on Sunday, uh, you would need to call and uh, reserve a space for you. There's no charge for that, but it is a space-available thing. Tommy will be, she's working with Becca Greenwood, who is also a recognized prophetess, and uh, they will be teaching in prophecy and releasing people into their gifting. I strongly recommend that if any of you can make that, uh, if uh, whether you sense you have a prophetic uh, gifting or not, um, come. You cannot ever learn too much. Tommy's uh, telephone number is 488-8148. If you don't get that uh, through the week, you can certainly, I think they're probably listed in the phone book. She uses her, her ministry is called Gatekeepers International. She works uh, all over the world, serves all over the world, um, leads and teaches in intercessory prayer, uh, and really in the whole word, moves in all the gifts of the spirit and, and teaches on that. And so it'll be an awesome time. And Mr. Napier and I will be there. Because we don't miss Miss Tommy. I am one of her intercessors uh, for her uh, um, ministry. I actually traveled um, to third world countries and short-term missions with her for seven years before I started my own specific ministry here at the church. I was born again in 1982 at Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California. You may or may not be familiar with Pastor Jack Hayford, uh, who is an apostle was a recognized uh, grandfather of the faith uh, in America and really in the world. Uh, Pastor Jack also uh, founded and developed and is the chancellor of King's College. We have um, an extension uh, of King's College here in this campus. As a matter of fact, my husband and I are taking a class in hermeneutics. And uh, the professor, Dr. Bob Wenz, is awesome. He is a really, really smart guy. He is an ordained pastor as well, and he's a lot of fun. And, and as smart as he is, he has the ability to see the personal application uh, for New Testament believers uh, in all of his intellectual knowledge. And I'm very grateful for Dr. Wins. So I was 40 years old uh, when I came to the Lord. It was a really hard time in my life. I was at the end of myself. 
I was successful in many ways, uh, worldly ways, business-wise. Um, I was able um, to make a good living and support my children. I had failed in marriage. I had been married for 12 years. I won't go into that. Um, it was a marriage that God could have saved. Uh, I didn't know that. And so that marriage failed. I was a single mom. I'd been a single mom for a long time by this time. And I had hurt my children through divorce. Though in my mind, and of course my mind was fleshly and worldly, I couldn't figure out how to make that thing work. And, and so um, I bought into the idea from the world that I had a right um, to have what I perceived to be a better life um, as a single mom. And so it hurt my children greatly that um, their father subsequently uh, left the country, left the, uh, really as far as they knew he could have been dead. He was out of contact with them for five years, and that was just extraordinarily hurtful. And so um, my children... It was really tough for them the first couple of years. Then, then we had a real honeymoon of a mom and two beautiful little girls. And we had a license plate that said three together. And it was us against the world and all that kind of thing. And, but as they began to approach their teen years, and that father wound was so deep in them, they also began to start acting out. They're three years apart. My oldest daughter really didn't start to act out until she was about 16. Uh, my youngest daughter started earlier at 14. So, boom, they were in it together, and it was very heartbreaking and very tough. And I, I came to my knees, and that was the only good thing that came out of that. I came to my knees. A friend of mine, uh, by that time... Um, my oldest daughter was beginning uh, to, to think about Jesus, and a, a friend of mine uh, said, I think you might like this church in Van Nuys called Church on the Way. And I had heard of it many years before when it was a brand new start, and I heard that they were weird. I heard that they had this really weird language that they talked in and it was called tongues and it was boy you wanted to stay away from that but by this point I was so wounded church on the way had really grown it was a very large work and so I went and the very first Sunday have you ever sat in front of a pastor and knew that you knew that you knew they were preaching to you and of course I was so green I thought it was just to me I'm sure there were more people that day that got saved. But the very first day, I heard Jack Hayford speak to me, and I saw the love in that man, and I gave my heart to Jesus. I have never looked back. I began immediately to attend every service they had. Of course, I was working full-time, raising children, owned a home, all that kind of thing, had a lot I was doing. But boy, when there was a service Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I was on it. And then... I began um, to serve as well. The first year was really tough. I cried every time I walked in the church because the conviction of the Spirit was on me so fully. And, of course, I was terribly sorry and sad that I hadn't known Jesus at your age. And so because I know that I know about marriage and divorce, I'm going to ask you, each and every one of you, to really, really think about and pray about asking God about his plan for your life and if it includes marriage. Oftentimes, we just think marriage is, that's just an automatic. And, and so we've really got to find that partner. And particularly in the ages between 20 and 30, you're, you're fairly vulnerable uh, to that idea. And, and, and it's a good idea if that's what God has for you. And if it is what he has for you if you're not called to singleness and we all know some really really fine people that are called to singleness in the body of Christ leaders in the body of Christ of course we have our own Fred Markert uh, 
YWAMR, and we have many women. Naomi Dowdy, who is an international apostle with a church in Singapore. She was just here. I sat under uh, her teaching. She was called to singleness many years ago. She's almost my age now. God has used her strongly and as a single woman. And so think about that. But if you know that you know that God's plan for you involves a mate, a wife or a husband, then be intentional about it. Be thoughtful. Be prayerful. But keep your eyes open. Keep your heart open to that idea. Talk to your pastors. Talk to your folks. If you uh, have folks that you can trust their judgment, even if you can't, you still honor them and you understand that. You listen to them. And then, until that marriage partner appears or you find them, you serve God in your calling anyway. No matter what, don't wait to serve God until you find your mate. Serve God And if he has a mate for you, you'll find him or her. And it's a good thing. And so my journey began. As I told you before, I never looked back, went to every service, uh, began to read the word. If there's anything you learn under Jack Kayford, it's to love the word and read the word. Every day, every day, every day. And that's why I've read the word through every year for 25 years. And in the beginning, a lot of it was words. And more and more and more, of course, we know that's the primary way, I believe, today that God speaks uh, to his children. We know there's an audible voice, not very often. We know the Spirit of the Lord uh, gives us a sense, an understanding uh, when he has uh, something for us. And we know um, that there are those ways that that we can uh, hear from God and that, um, but we also know that we can talk to him. And in order to hear from him, we know we need to listen, which means for some uh, who may be a lot more talkative than others, you're going to have to slow that down a little bit and also listen. And so at Church on the Way, I served as an usher, as I said. I taught the two-year-olds. I was involved in the adult singles ministry, serving under a pastor that fell was a young man, fairly newly married. Um, When I was in that adult singles ministry, he and his wife had their first baby. And I gave them a baby shower, uh, got the ladies together, and we gave them a baby shower, all that kind of thing. Uh, Then he married my husband and I. And then about six months later, he fell. And as it turned out, he had gotten involved in a young woman of your age. He also pastored what was called at Church on the Way the um, Class Action was the name of their mill. And of course that was a terribly hard time uh, and, and I wept. I had grief about that. I forgave him. The Lord taught me about forgiveness and I moved on. And um, I'm really willing to believe, especially after talking with Pastor Evan this morning, that you all are doing that with your own pastor that has fallen, that you are expressing any grief you might have before the Lord, that you have chosen to forgive him before God, and that you are moving on as our church moves on because we have kingdom work to do here. And so, are you serving? Every single person in this room should be serving, certainly in the church, but also, where are you living? Where are you working? Where are you in school? Because you're probably doing some of all of that. That wherever we are, we're serving others. We're learning to prefer them over us. And if we will do that, we will begin to care for them and to take care of them. Ephesians 5.21 says in my paraphrase, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And of course... That's the context for the following two verses, which is talking about how wives are to submit and then talking about how husbands are to submit. But I would submit to you that that word submit has to do with serving and that we are all to serve one another out of reverence for Christ. How do we call ourselves Christian if we are not serving one another? And you will never regret it. You will never be happier than when you're out of yourself serving 
other people. And so I was working in the adult singles uh, at Church on the Way, and that's where I met Mr. Napier. I actually met him in my kitchen in front of my refrigerator because I had developed a, a, a ministry within that group, and we had gotten about five different homes. Uh, some of them were guys uh, that would open up uh, on Sunday afternoon after the morning services for lunch and for fellowship. And on December 2nd, which was his birthday, um, some friends said, gee, why don't you come here with us? We're going here. And so I was introduced to him in front of my refrigerator. And I will tell you that um, Mr. Napier is a man who likes to eat. And I think probably, uh, girls, are you listening? I think men like to eat. Men, are you listening? (laughs) We see a few... Oh my gosh, I have taken way too long and I've got miles to go here. But at any rate, I I met him there. Uh, Think about hospitality. Think about yourselves in your age group. Uh, Think about doing hospitality in your home. I got married. Uh, At first, my children were okay with that. They thought that was real exciting. They were 19 and 22, and the dynamic changed after we were married and they were hurt one more time. And it was their perception, of course, because the wound wasn't healed. They had lost their father early on, and now they saw themselves as losing their mother in marriage. And so that was really hard. And I want to say to you young people, divorce is not okay. It is absolutely not okay. If you marry, marry for life as God intended. There are a lot of good people that can help you figure that out. Um, or serve him as a single person. Came to New Life Church in 1991, started over. We always start over when we move, when things in our life change. And I began there, too, or rather here, too, right away, serving people, having people to Sunday brunch uh, in order to make friends, to develop relationship. And I began serving in the church uh, by caring for the 11-month-old babies. I did that for two years under Pam Newberg. Her husband, Brian, is our controller at this church. And so, and I met wonderful people there. You all know Britt and Audrey Hancock. They're missionaries in Mexico. I took care of one of their babies. Uh, Ted and Denise Whaley, do you know Pastor Ted? He's the head of our small group ministry. Had their uh, daughter, Lauren, as a baby. And so began to develop relationship very, very important that uh, we develop relationship, and that's one of the rewards of serving, is that you serve with people, and you will develop really good relationships and friendship. That's when I met Tommy Femright. I've already talked with you about her, began to host counselees of hers in my home, and then I traveled with her for seven years in short-term missions. It was tough. Europe and Asia, didn't make it to South America or Africa. She has since, uh, but I traveled to those countries. Everything about it was tough. I was already over 50 years old when I began that. Uh, travel was tough. The food was, uh, the, the water was non-drinkable, you know, you all, all that kind of thing. Um, people. You had to travel with people, and you had to serve people, and all that was tough. And, of course, you were running very, very tired. And, and so one of the things that I learned to do, and Tommy's an incredible teacher and leader, if you ever get a chance, uh, you probably many of you have already been on missions. We're very mission-oriented here. Um, get to know Tommy. Travel with her. She's an incredible teacher and a strong leader. And because things were so tough, one of the huge rewards out of that was I learned to pray unceasingly. I really developed my spiritual prayer language. And I can't tell you uh, how uh, fabulous that is. And if you haven't done that, start praying. Start praying in tongues 24-7. You'll never be sorry about that. Remember, Tommy's teaching next Saturday at the World Prayer Center. So what else is this earthly life about? Well, for one thing, this life's a lot about ongoing learning. I've got to quit telling you my stories and keep moving here. What time is it? We're done. Oh, my gosh. I barely got started, and I'm really sorry. I had so many good points. I want you to keep on learning. I want you to develop your faith. I want you to practice everything that God has for you to teach or learn, rather. And, and the way um, you develop these things is you have to start a discipline. And then you have to do it. 
and do it and do it until it becomes a habit. And then do the habit. Develop the habit until it becomes a lifestyle. And so all the things uh, that you need to know in life uh, to live well and end strong, you can learn. They're all learnable. The Spirit of the Lord is helping you. You can form disciplines. You can develop habits, and it can become your lifestyle. And so be in charge of your body. Oh, my gosh, you got to learn how to do that because the thing's going to be in charge of you if you don't. And we know all that. And so I'm just uh, really sorry that my stories took so long, Evan. What's the deal here? Anyway, um, let me finish with one scripture. It would be in Colossians. It would be in Colossians. Let me see the numbers. 1, 9 through 12. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, and I'll say I, I have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And I pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in his inheritance. You share it That means you get as much as Jesus gets. He gets 100, you get 100. Of the saints in the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Jesus.